Hello everyone, and welcome to the Commander's Forge. My name is Andy Bentley, and the Commander's Forge is an area for me to talk about magic, commander, and anything else that I deem might be necessary. Now, today, I did want to touch on one thing before I moved into magic, and this is going to be centered a little more on D&D. And that is that Wizards of the Coast has bought D&D Beyond from fandom for a total of $146.3 million cash deal. And I think this is important because, well, not only is it showing that Wizards is going to be taking a bigger hand in, well, D&D Beyond and D&D in general... But the reason they can do something like this is because of how well they have been selling magic. And I just, I don't know how to feel about it. And I'm not sure how other people feel about it. But it's definitely worth mentioning. And it's kind of showing that Wizards is willing to play hardball with people. And I think that's a good thing. Possibly. Maybe. But now, beyond that, as the spoilers have continued to come out for New Capenna, as me and my cousin had talked about them last week, you know, I'm not terribly excited in a lot of the heads of the families. And I was talking to somebody right before my stream the other day, and I just kind of, I'm not terribly into New Capenna like I was Kamigawa. Not that it doesn't have some good stuff. Like, I actually really enjoy the look of the Urbrask and the Jaxus. But so far, not a lot of the other legendary creatures have held my interest very well. I don't know. There's a couple that I might give a chance. But it's just, it's shaping up to, like, not be my cup of tea. And that's fine. It doesn't have to be for me. It's just kind of meh. I don't think I will be buying as much of uh, the sealed product that I bought for like Kamigawa or Kaldheim was another big one recently. And I might just stick mostly to singles. That said, uh, there's not a whole lot of other news that I want to uh, bring up. And the second part of this might be a little longer, so I'm actually going to kick it to my mid-roll now, and I'll see you in a moment. Hey, I just want to take a minute to tell you about my Patreon. I know times are hard for everybody, and I know it isn't easy to shuffle around bills and stuff, believe me, I know that. But... If you would like to help support the podcast and me, you can find the links to my Patreon in my link tree, which is always put into the description of either the video or the audio, wherever you're listening to it. It would really mean the world to me. Honestly, I'm just 
struggling to make ends meet most weeks. But that's it. That's all. If you want to help, the links will be where you can find them. And welcome back. Now, I mentioned this section might be a little longer, so let's just jump right into it. I was thinking the other day about how my decks and deck building practices have changed with the pandemic and more recently with starting up my commander stream. And I noticed I've kind of cut down on like board wipes and I tend to lean a little more heavily into cool creatures and that's not to say that's completely different from what I used to do, because I am the aggro player in my meta. But one of the things people think with an aggro player is that they have to go after one person at a time and get them out fast. And that's just not conducive to a good stream. Like, you don't want to just knock one person out and have them sit there for, like, 30, 40 minutes. It just kind of feels awkward and bad, especially if you're streaming. And I find, recently, I have cards that I've drawn, and I'm just like, I don't want to play this. And it's getting to the point where, like, I might just want to remove them from the deck. A good example of this is uh, not the most current stream, but the stream before that. Uh, we knew we were only going to play one game, so I asked everyone if they were okay with me playing Yumori, which is my Planeswalker control deck. They said yes. And then my cousin popped off, so we all spent resources trying to get him under control. And then once he was under control, I popped off. And then they had to deal with me. And towards the end of that game, I drew a board wipe. And I looked at it in my hand, and I'm like, this game has already gone past two hours. I don't want to extend it any more than I have to. So I'm not going to cast this board wipe. And I did end up losing the game like two turns after that, but that doesn't really matter when you're streaming for entertainment value. Yes, you are still trying to win, but not at the expense of the enjoyment your audience is going to have watching you and friends play magic. And so as I, I sit and I look through a deck and I'm like, man, I kind of want to cut like six of these cards and just jam in some of these other cards. So I see how my deck building is changing. Like, I used to have anywhere from three to four board wipes in a deck. And nowadays it's more like one or two. 
and single target removal, I was running like 10 to 12 in a deck. And I think I'm down to like four, maybe. It just... When you find the thing a deck wants to do, and you can do it very well because of the shell you built around it, that is cool. And then somebody comes in with, you know, six board wipes dot deck and just demolishes everything, trying to keep the board clear so that they can win 27 turns down the future. And it just kind of just kind of doesn't sit well with me. And again, maybe that comes back to the fact that I am an aggro player and my cousin who was on the last episode is the control player that was in my meta. So he's, he's always been okay with taking 35 minute turns. And I am not. I mean, it's one thing if I'm in the tank, like, oh, is there a line where I can do it, like, oh, insane, like, creature combo, get in for a ton of damage and possibly win the game this turn? Then maybe. But for the most part, I try to keep my turns at a reasonable rate. I kind of pre-plan my turns as I'm waiting while other people are doing their stuff. I'll kind of look at my hand and go, okay... Well, I have this four drop and this three drop. And if I draw a land, I can play both. And if I draw something better, I'll play that. But for now, I at least want to play this four drop. And then when it gets to my turn and I draw a card and I go like, oh, this five drop is better than both the cards in my hand. I'm going to play that instead. It just kind of all circles back to deck building has changed for me and I don't think my expectations for games has changed that much except for maybe when I'm streaming because we do try and get two games in around a three hour period that does not always happen because you cannot script a commander game and sometimes people just do something that pops off like in my last stream I was playing Goreclaw, so mono green big stuff, and my hand was a little awkward because I kept just drawing the big mana stuff, like none of my mana ramps. So it was just, okay, play land until we can get to Goreclaw. Get to Goreclaw, start playing out stuff. And that just kind of cascaded into an Apex Devastator that put a Craterhoof Behemoth into play. And I kind of felt bad about it. Not bad about it being a crater hoof, but the fact that it was essentially a free crater hoof. I, I basically did nothing for it. And you might say, yeah, Apex Devastator is 10 mana. Sure, Apex Devastator is 10 mana, but with Goreclaw out, that makes it 8 mana. And then with Regal Behemoth and being the Monarch, that means my lands are doubled. So I cast it with four lands. Honestly, this might just double back to uh, green is real strong right now. And 
I think Wizards can cool it with the green stuff for a couple of sets. It is nice to see what they're doing for white, though. <clears throat> Although white is honestly not in a bad place. And the meme of white being the worst color is kind of dead. I feel like we've proven that like on this podcast. But to circle back to the whole deck building thing. So I'm going to be playing Easter Sunday, which is the day this podcast comes out with some other creators and we're doing an unholy Sunday event, just mono black decks everywhere. And so I've been adjusting some of my decks that were no longer mono black back into mono black. So I took, uh, Edgar Markov cut all of the white and red cards and threw, uh, Drana at the head of it. And then my zombie list, which was Esper at the time with Tormod and Ishai, and cut all of the white and blue stuff from it and put uh, Kelitus, the traitor of Get at the front of it because he still kind of cares about zombies and he is a sack outlet that can sit in your command zone. Now, did I have to? Do they have to be mono black decks? I don't know. But I feel like it's going to be a lot of fun. And I found as I was repositioning them back into mono black, there were a few cards that I just kind of ended up leaving out. Things like Grave Pact and Dictate of Erebos. Because those aren't going to be fun if everybody is playing black creature decks. And then... I made sure every deck had the things that are going to help everybody. So, of course, we're all playing Mono Black, so I'm going to put an Urborg in every deck. And just little things like, well, how do I want my card draw in this deck? Because, sure, I could run my foiled Necropotence. I could. But instead... This deck kind of wants me to sacrifice stuff. And there's a bunch of black cards that sacrifice creatures to draw cards. I kind of want to just slot in a bunch of those. And and who knows, I might throw another mono black deck together. Right now I have three. I have uh, Kalidus, I have Drana, and I have uh, Karavek. And that is a fun lineup. I might... I might do something else. I'm not sure what it would be. Then again, I could always put together Yargle. That was always a fun deck. Uh, used to have Gonti. Gonti was fun, but it's kind of hard to play that in webcam. Yeah, it's just... We're just going to have a good old time. Now, I do kind of want to take a minute to just talk about how I've noticed play styles changing on my stream and other streams, to be fair. And this isn't to say every stream is like this, because I know there are some streams where the goal is to just kind of 
you know, mess around and have a good time. And when somebody wins, they win. But, you know, we're trying to keep this to a reasonable schedule. You know, we start at 7 p.m., which means we're wrapping up anywhere from, like, 10 to 11. So by the time the end of the stream rolls around, like, I'm I'm typically struggling to keep my eyes open. And I do know my playstyle uh, deteriorates as my mental function does. Because I will start making very stupid plays because I just want to get through my turn and pass the turn. But prior to that, I do try and take a more tactical approach. Because sometimes, yes, you can gain a buttload of life with a dinosaur and you just decide not to play it. Because the game's already been going for an hour and a half going on two hours and you kind of just want to go to bed and I think that's kind of where I want to leave this I'm sure things like this will come up again in the future because well it's a different meta that we're essentially walking into and as exciting as that is I do think we're going to call it here and say thank you for listening. Uh, like you heard in the mid-scroll, if you would like to support the podcast and help us grow, you can go to my Patreon link, which will be in my link tree. And I will see you next time. Thank you for listening. All of my links can be found in my link tree in the description below. I would like to thank Ian Foss and Cody Mulpey of the band The Crypt for allowing me to use music for my opening and ending along with Nate and Erica Jacobs for making my original logo. And I would also like to thank Christina McNichol for creating my new logo. And I'll see you next time.